Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Today, I'd like to talk to you about uncomfortable conversations. These are the conversations we really don't enjoy having and may wish we could avoid altogether, such as calling a client who's fallen behind on their payments or talking to your partner about an expensive purchase you'd like to make that they may not agree to or getting your relatives to understand that your food allergies are real and you would appreciate it if they would stop trying to kill you. Or talking to your kids about puberty, relationships, sex, and other important topics that will help them avoid unintended pregnancy, sexually transmitted infections, drug addiction, risky situations, and help keep them safe. When humans communicate, it's to share information, tell stories, prove a point, deliver a message, produce a desired result, or give someone a piece of your mind. How you say it matters. Words have an impact. Words can cut like a knife or fill us with joy and bliss. They can persuade someone to our cause and provoke every emotion. Words matter. We are limited by language and our culture has taught us ways of using words that are not always helpful in achieving our desired result. Never mind that we don't actually get much education on how to communicate effectively. If you've ever walked away from a conversation thinking, that could have gone better, or you have one of those challenging conversations on the horizon, which we all do sooner or later, this episode is for you. Successfully navigating a challenging conversation is a skill. It may come more easily for some, while the rest of us would rather go hide under a rock than start one of these conversations. The good news is, we can all learn how to do this better. Why do these conversations feel so hard? Often, there's a lot at stake. If the conversation goes poorly, the relationship may be damaged, we may lose face, and we won't accomplish what we set out to do by having the conversation in the first place. We just defeated our purpose and maybe made things worse. People can stop talking to each other and relationships can end. We could lose our job. Conversations that go badly can be ugly. It's no surprise that we would rather ignore the problem and go along with the status quo than to raise these topics. Don't rock the boat, right? How do you raise an important issue, get someone to understand your point of view, and 
achieve a satisfactory outcome that resolves the issue? It's a great question and easier said than done, but you can learn how to do this and do it well. This is a big conversation and over the next hour, we are going to explore some of the things that we do to sabotage our efforts and look at ways that we can modify our behavior and approach to achieve the desired results. There is a fine art to having a challenging conversation and make no mistake, when you start a conversation like this, you are trying to persuade someone to see your point of view and accomplish a goal. What you say and how you say it matters. If the material we cover today resonates with you and this is a skill you would like to continue to develop, before we part company today, I'll share with you an opportunity to hone your skills and get better at these conversations. During our commercial breaks, you'll hear a little ditty about Be Persuasive, my upcoming five-week course. It's about open, honest communication, developing and nurturing relationships so that we can have greater connection and more intimacy. It's about creating relationships where you can fully be yourself and others can do the same through better communication. It's important to understand that just because we know how to talk to each other doesn't mean that we actually know how to communicate in a way that someone else can hear us or make them feel safe enough to share with us. Many of us are poor listeners. Instead of giving our full attention to what the speaker is saying, we're planning what we want to say next as soon as we can get a word in. Or we even finish their sentence for them. Listen to what Mike Demetrius had to say about this in our conversation last week, which, by the way, if you missed it, it was great. I highly recommend listening. Well, the thing is, most of us engage in disrespectful behavior daily. Almost all of us do. In some form or fashion, we engage in it. The problem is we don't acknowledge that. And so, therefore, we're not having honest conversations about how this applies to all of us. What we tend to do is have this idea of the monster in our head, that person who is degrading, disrespectful, and blatantly obvious that what they're doing is wrong. And so people see that and go, I would never be that person. Therefore, I don't need to engage in this conversation. When in fact, two minutes before, they cut their partner off in the middle of a conversation because they thought they knew what their partner was going to say. So they interrupted and took over the conversation. Total sign of disrespect, right? People do it all the time. And they go, well, but I'm not the monster who degrades someone, so I don't need to talk about respect. But yet the people in your life feel disrespected by you. And we all engage in this. If somebody's sitting there going, well, I don't ever interrupt, but I could find something else you do probably that people around you feel like they're not being respected when you do it. It's so easy to trigger someone's defenses, especially if what we are saying sounds like a judgment. It's about survival. Someone is judging us. If we become alienated from our tribe, we could die. When someone feels attacked, it's natural to defend. It's no surprise if someone feels like they have to defend themselves, your message is not going to be well received. It may even make it more difficult for you to have future conversations because they'll be more wary of your intentions 
and may not trust you enough to open up. It's human nature to judge. It's a survival mechanism. We can't help it. Our brains are wired to do this automatically. It's why first impressions are so important. In that split second, we are making judgments about that person. We have to decide if they're safe, if they're trustworthy. Do they present a threat? It's often a gut response. In episode two, Alison Armstrong said that it's human instinct to shut down and conceal anything that might be used against us, and how judgment creates distance within the relationship. She was speaking in reference to teens, but I think it applies to all of us when we feel threatened. Here's what she said. What will you do with what they said? So... If ever what you do with what they said is use it against them, game over. Mm -hmm. That's the end of revealing. And human instinct is shut down, conceal anything that will be used against you, and only reveal to people who can't hurt you or have proven they won't. The other thing that has them shut up is even if we're not revealing them to somebody else or bring it back at them, is they can feel being judged. They feel it. And honestly, it just creates distance. Talk about undermining. It just makes it not safe. Your words can and will be used against you. Many of us learn at a young age that it's not safe to share our truth, what we really feel, ideas that are contrary to popular belief, or anything that makes us feel vulnerable. We learn to guard and protect ourselves. These unspoken things, thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and wounds spill into our conversations. Tempers flare, words are spoken, feelings get hurt, apologies fall short, resentment builds. We are left with a mess. How do you prevent damage to your most important relationships? How do you communicate an important message to friends, family members, coworkers, your boss, your employees, your clients or customers, and have the relationship come out stronger on the other side? Let's recap the points that we've covered so far, where we set ourselves up to crash and burn in important conversations. First, we have a lot at stake when it comes to these conversations. We can damage relationships, we can embarrass ourselves, we could lose a client or a job. There may be unforeseen consequences to our attempts to have a conversation that feels important to us. When we have something important to say, the way we approach the other person matters. The words we speak have an immediate effect. Our tone of voice, our body language, all shape how the person we're speaking to perceives our intentions and receives the information. It will determine what happens next. We can complicate matters by making assumptions about how the person we're speaking to will react when they receive this information, 
We may assume we know what they're thinking or feeling, when the truth is we can't know what another person is thinking or feeling. We can guess, but we can't know. Not really. Humans are complex. Our feelings, intentions, and motives are not always easily understood. Rarely, in fact. The way we say things is important and has an impact. It determines whether or not people are receptive to what we have to say and how much they will share with us. When we feel judged, we shut down. Our unconscious defense mechanisms spring into action to protect us and keep us safe. It's normal to withhold information when it doesn't feel safe or when a person has a history of using that information against us in some way. These are significant barriers to connection, open communication, and intimacy. It's the stuff that ruins relationships. No wonder we lose sleep at night when faced with these kinds of conversations. They can be very stressful. I'm sure you can agree that there is much at stake when we raise an important conversation with somebody in our circle. Don't you think that it's in our best interest to do it well? When we return from our break, we'll break down the three unspoken aspects at play in a challenging conversation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back. We were just talking about the ways we sabotage important conversations. Now that we have an awareness of things we may want to shift or avoid doing in the future, let's take a look at the three unspoken aspects of a difficult conversation. And we're going to spend most of our time talking about the first one because it's a really big and important one. 
in our relationships, we have disagreements. We do things that upset other people. We make mistakes. In short, things happen. Sometimes we feel the need to raise the issue and address what has happened. Usually this means we believe that the other person is at fault in some way, and we need to talk about what happened. This is the first unspoken aspect of a difficult conversation, the belief that we know what happened. Well, of course we know what happened. We were there and we experienced it. It's our perspective, and we see the experience through our filter of life. It colors our perceptions. We may feel we are in the right and the other person did something wrong. We may even see them as the problem and judge them as selfish, greedy, uncaring, or in some other way. If we are stuck on the belief that we are right, then we must expend energy defending that belief if it is called into question. Here we have planted the seed for an argument. What's important to realize is the other person also has their perceptions and beliefs about what happened, and those views may be very different from our own. They may be equally convinced that they are right and you are wrong. Now it's a battle of who is right and who is wrong. While we are arguing, we're caught in a loop and there can be no forward progress. We run the risk of escalation and damaging the relationship. Can we replace our certainty about what happened with curiosity? If we can soften our stance and acknowledge that their truth is as valid as our own, then there's the opportunity for us to move forward. We can allow space for curiosity and to ask questions so that we can better understand the other person's point of view. When we learn more about where someone is coming from and what their thought process is, it helps us to better understand. When it's our turn to share, we can offer our views as interpretations and perceptions rather than as the truth, allowing us to avoid the who's right and who's wrong argument. Can we take a moment to get curious with ourselves? Why are we upset by this? What happened? What is the story we are telling ourselves, and is it really true? What do we believe about what happened? How do we feel when we believe that? What assumptions are we making about the other person? What are our intentions? What resolution do we seek? When you take a breath and scratch below the surface, you may find all sorts of ooey-gooey things you didn't expect to find. Are you familiar with the work by Byron Katie? If not, I recommend checking out her work. It's a simple yet profound way of questioning yourself and cutting through the bullshit of the stories we tell ourselves. It can be very eye-opening. I'll post some links to her books in the show notes on my website, holisticsexedradio.com, if you're curious to check her out. 
just look for the prior episodes link at the top of the page on the menu. When we open up to allow space for someone else's truth, it allows us to see that perhaps the assumptions we were making about their intentions may be incorrect. I mentioned earlier that we often think we know how someone will react or that we know how they will think or feel. The same is true for our intentions. They are complex and we can't understand what someone intended without asking. There are many cases of good intentions that go astray and can end in disaster. When there is a bad result or unforeseen consequence from good intentions, it may be difficult to make someone understand that their good intention hurts you. They may feel the need to defend themselves and clarify their intentions. In situations such as this, there are actually two conversations happening at once. The first is what the person actually did or said with the understanding that they meant well. The second piece is acknowledgement that the recipient felt hurt as a result of what they said or did. Part of this is identifying the impact this had on the individual. Without separating the two conversations, healing the rift can be difficult. When we make assumptions about another's intentions, we often assume the worst. We make up stories to explain what's happening to us. For example, if our date doesn't show up, we assume the worst and think we got played for a fool. When the reality is, they locked themselves out of their apartment with no phone and they're freaking out because they really wanted to meet you and are assuming that you will never want to speak to them again. Our mind is a powerful thing. It can make up all sorts of stories in a split second. The emotions we feel as a result are real. Our mind can't tell if it's really happening or if we're just imagining it. It's happy to play along and squirt the appropriate hormones at the right moments to make our heart pound, the tears flow, and our blood boil. We make up stories all the time. How you respond in these situations may say as much about you as it does about what they did or said. Instead of allowing our imagination to make up a story to fill in the blanks, this is an opportunity to share the impact their actions had and get curious about their motivations. You can use words and phrases to help soften your line of questioning. You don't want it to come off as an accusation because that will shut down the conversation. You might get some defensive responses, but as long as you keep emotion out of the conversation, stay curious and respectful, you should be able to obtain information that will help you gain a deeper understanding. Listen to understand versus respond. 
Here's an example I made up based on an article I read recently about people who try to feed family members foods they're allergic to. There's a delicate conversation. Trying to figure out why your in-laws want to kill you? You might start the conversation out something like this. I'm curious to know why you're cooking with onions when you have stated they upset your stomach. And I've made it very clear that I'm extremely allergic to them. Can you help me understand why you are cooking with onions and trying to pass them off as water chestnuts? Maybe you'll discover that they're upset that their adult child spends all their free time with you, and so they're trying to get rid of you. Who knows? Who knows what you'll discover? As you begin to learn their intentions, you'll discover they are often complex. If you listen closely, you'll hear the second unspoken aspect of an important conversation. Repressed feelings leak in through tone of voice, body language, and facial expressions. You can acknowledge the feelings as they come up. I understand that you're feeling upset, angry, hurt, confused. But return to the question of intentions. Continue to clarify and get more information. It will make the conversation more constructive. If we hope to persuade someone to see our point of view, we will have greater success if the person we're speaking to feels like we understand them. Once we understand what things are like from their perspective, they feel heard and are more receptive to us sharing our perspective. Once we understand each other's situation, intentions, or issue, it's easier for us to find a satisfactory resolution. Maybe there's a happy medium that doesn't involve trying to kill you or drive you away by feeding you onions. Coming up next, I'll share the third unspoken aspect of an important conversation, and we'll talk about the blame game. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, you find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. The future of online TV is here. 
you exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. Welcome back. We were just talking about the first two unspoken or hidden aspects of a difficult conversation. The belief about what happened, and we touched on the feelings conversation a little bit. When things go wrong, we often want to find someone to hold responsible. In other words, we want to blame somebody. When we do this, we have decided that this person caused the problem and they should be punished. We often neglect to ask questions to find out what happened and overlook the role that we played in whatever the situation may be. Let's pretend your child forgot their homework. You're feeling really frustrated because you had to go back home, find the homework, and bring it back to school. Now you're late for work. You blame your child for being disorganized and irresponsible. Because the conversation starts out blaming the child for being irresponsible and disorganized, There's no room in the conversation to find out what really happened or why it continues to happen. When accused of wrongdoing, a person may choose to defend themselves, shut down, or say whatever is necessary to appease the accuser so they can get out of the line of fire. Blaming someone essentially prevents us from learning what's really going on and achieving a meaningful resolution so that we can prevent a recurrence in the future. When something happens, there is a series of events that led up to the incident, and a role each of the parties played which contributed to what happened. While the person who is in the wrong may be easy to see in some cases, like when I got robbed in Mexico, Most often, it's not so clearly defined. Let's look at my role when I got robbed. There were choices I made that put myself in the right time and place for that to happen. I had walked up the beach to the cafe a quarter of a mile away. I had a cut on my toe and wore shoes to protect it. Walking in the soft sand requires more effort than walking on a firm surface such as a road or where the water makes the sand more firm. When it came time to go back to where I was staying, I decided to walk back on the road. It was a rural area, and I had walked sections of the road many times before with my dog. I was out there alone when I heard footsteps behind me. I glanced over my shoulder and saw two men out for a jog on the opposite side of the road. They did not appear to be a threat. Because of my choice to walk back on the road, I had unknowingly set myself up for a crime of opportunity. Did those two men set out on their jog from the military base with the intention to rob someone? Probably not, but I was an easy target. 
I'm well aware that if I had my dog with me or if I had walked back on the beach, I would have not gotten robbed. Blame is about looking back at what happened and judging that someone did something wrong. Am I to blame for the choice I made? No. Are they to blame for their actions? I think so. They decided to grab me and take my stuff. Should they be punished? I think so. And they probably were, since there are established codes of conduct, not only within the military that they were part of, but also in the form of laws that tell us that it's socially unacceptable to rob people. Often, when we place blame, the standards of conduct are not so clearly defined as in my situation. Let's look at the forgotten homework example. It's the child's responsibility to make sure they have what they need for school, right? So who's to blame if they don't have what they need? The child or the parent? Instead of blaming and assuming we know what's going on, what if we took a different approach and asked questions? We might discover useful information. If the parent had gotten curious, they might have discovered that their child can barely function in the morning because they're so tired. More questions may lead to the discovery that they're not getting good sleep because they're up all night playing video games. Now you have an understanding why mornings have become so difficult, and you find yourself yelling at them to get them in the car every day. As you discover what's going on for them, it gives you the opportunity to share that you don't want to be yelling at them and that you feel stressed out when they're late getting into the car because you're worried about being late for work again. Because there is curiosity and dialogue, it allows for both parties to learn what's going on for the other person and what's at the root of the behavior. This is why I'm yelling. This is why I'm forgetting my homework. Once there's an understanding between the parties involved, it makes it easier to achieve a lasting resolution. There's an opportunity for negotiation, which leaves both parties feeling empowered. When our homework-forgetting student understands that their behavior may cause their parent to lose their job and that no internet, no cell phone, and no game time, the student may be more open to self-imposing a curfew to put away the game at a certain time so that the parent doesn't have to take away the device. Through your exploratory conversation, the child may even realize that the late nights are contributing to poor school performance and the need to bring schoolwork home, which cuts into their game time. It's all about priorities. The agreed-upon resolution has both parties getting what they want, the parent gets to work on time, and make sure their child is getting enough sleep, while the child is still able to have game time at reasonable hours. Most parents want to let kids do what they want as long as it falls within the guidelines that they lay out. Forcing parents to play the bad guy and take away the device will often make the child feel resentful and creates friction within the relationship. 
Now your child is angry and tells you that they hate you. You feel upset and the words hurt. You wonder if you've overreacted. You wonder if you're a good parent. You're afraid that your child will stop loving you over a video game. You wonder if you could have handled this differently. This is where the third unspoken part of a difficult conversation comes into play. Your identity. What does this mean for you? What if what they're saying is true? Are you a good parent? Are you a good person? Are you worthy of your child's love? What if the answer is no? How does that affect how you see yourself? Maybe you really are a terrible parent and your child is justified in hating you. Ouch, that's harsh. Imagine how you would feel if you really believed that was true, even for 10 minutes. Now let's turn the tables and imagine your child's point of view. They believe they're forgetful, irresponsible, and disorganized. A total loser. They've let their parent down and forced them to go home to retrieve their homework. They're beating themselves up. Maybe they feel like they're unworthy of love since they're such a screw-up and can't even remember their homework. How does this impact how they see themselves? There's a lot more to this unspoken aspect of the conversation that we don't have time to get into today, but we will fully explore it in my upcoming course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Difficult Conversations. Understanding these unspoken parts of the conversation allows us to avoid the common mistakes that we all make when attempting to have a conversation that matters. If you find yourself in the same old argument and it feels like nothing ever changes, you might be ready to try something different. If you are, I'd like to invite you to join my five-week course, Be Persuasive, where we'll break down the conversations and I'll show you simple steps you can use in any conversation to make it more productive. There's a lot at stake and you want these conversations to go well. Be Persuasive can help you get the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. When we communicate more effectively, our lives get better because our relationships are less stressful and more harmonious. During our five weeks together, you'll learn which conversations to raise and which to release. We'll cover how to release the conversations that you decide not to bring up so that they don't continue to eat away at you. Plus, we'll create a safe container where you can practice what you're learning so that you can gain confidence before you try it out in the real world. If you'd like to register for the course, go to holisticsexedradio.com and click Be Persuasive at the top of the page. When we come back from our break, I'm going to give you some tips on having effective conversations. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Whether you are dealing with your child's latest tantrum or disagreeing with your partner about finances, 
You find yourself having conversations you'd rather not have every day. It's easy to see why we'd rather avoid talking about it. Yet putting off a difficult conversation today can lead to an even bigger problem tomorrow. How do you say what needs to be said and get the results you want without triggering their defenses and risking another disagreement that accomplishes nothing? It's time for a different approach. Robin's five-week course, Be Persuasive, How to Have Successful Conversations, outlines a step-by-step approach for the results you want from your most important and hardest conversations. You'll discover how to have more harmonious relationships through better communication, raise difficult issues without backing others into a corner, maintain your focus no matter how the other party reacts, and resolve problems once and for all. Visit HolisticSexEdRadio.com to find out more. That's HolisticSexEdRadio.com. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. We are back in our final segment today. I want to give you several specific things that you can do to help make these conversations a little easier. The first piece is self-inquiry. Understanding the what happened conversation from our point of view. Identifying any assumptions we are making. Are we making up any stories? Can we identify and articulate what the other person did, and how it impacted us. What are our intentions? What do we think the other person's intentions were at the time? Can we notice if we want to blame the other person for something they did or said? We can also examine our role in what happened and explore our feelings and how this plays into the way we see ourselves. Next, if you are feeling emotionally charged about what happened, you may want to talk things over with a neutral third party to gain perspective and other points of view. You'll want to diffuse the energy and emotion surrounding the situation before trying to discuss it with the person involved. The goal is to get clarity and prepare yourself for a calm discussion with the other person. You can also journal about it I'm a big fan of journaling. There's something therapeutic about putting pen to paper and writing out your thoughts, feelings, and concerns. If you get into the work of Byron Katie, she has a spreadsheet you can use as part of her process that you might find useful. Oh, and that reminds me, Byron Katie also has another question that she uses. Who would I be without that story? Who would you be without that thread of drama running through your life? Maybe you have a friend who complains about work all of the time. The boss does this or that, and she's the victim. What would happen if she had an honest conversation with her boss? Or what if she removed herself from the situation? Is she addicted to the drama and the sympathy that she gets from her friends? When she tells the stories, don't put off the conversation. 
it feels scary and there can be a lot at stake, which makes it easy to want to avoid the conversation and say things like, oh, it's not worth arguing about. It's not a big deal. The truth is that it will spill into your relationship through one of the unspoken channels we discussed earlier if you continue to avoid it. Take time to cool off and process as needed, but don't keep pushing the conversation off. Plan out what you want to say, but don't spend tons of time rehearsing it in your head. You can spend a huge amount of energy stuck in this loop. It can take over your day and keep you awake at night. For all of your mental preparation, these conversations rarely go as you expect them to because you don't know how the other person is going to respond or what they will say. So get clear on the points you want to make and do what you can to remove the emotional charge. Let the person know that you would like to have a conversation and ask to set up a time to discuss your concerns. By letting them know in advance, this gives them the opportunity to prepare and creates time and space to have the discussion. As you prepare, think about how the other person may react and what questions they may have so that you can respond to their concerns. If you go into the conversation expecting a win-win outcome, you are more likely to achieve an outcome where everyone can walk away happy. What does a successful outcome look like to you? What do you hope to achieve as a result of the conversation? Being clear about your goals increases the chances of getting what you want. Be open to allowing the outcome to take a different shape than what you expected. Once you're engaged in conversation with the person, be direct, be specific. Don't dilute the message by talking about other things first. Get to the point. Remember the things that we discussed earlier in this episode. They all come into play during this conversation. What you say and how you say it will determine what happens next. You do want a favorable outcome after all. Curiosity is your friend. When you ask supportive questions, it will make it easier for the person to share what's going on. Most people will be forthcoming with information if you take the time to ask, as long as they don't feel like you'll use that information against them. You'll want to focus on understanding their perspective. You can do this by asking questions listening, reflecting what you hear, and observing. Come from a place of curiosity and respect. Manage your emotions. You'll want to remain calm and keep an even tone. You don't want your emotion to get in the way of the things that you want to say. If you get emotional, the other person is more likely to do the same. The better control you have, the easier it will be for them to hear and understand your message. If the person you're speaking to becomes emotional, you can empathize with them and give them the opportunity to process their emotions. Once we understand each other, we can problem solve together to come up with a solution that we can all agree on. 
Of course, every situation is different, and some resolutions may not come as easily as others. I hope this outline of things you can do is helpful for you. There's a lot more I could share, but we are out of time, so I will leave you with this. One of the main questions that comes up in relation to challenging conversations revolves around the question of, should you bring up this conversation at all? Or is this your stuff coming up and something that you need to address on your own? These are important questions that we will go into during our five weeks together. If you do decide to have this conversation with someone, we'll go over non-threatening ways to start the conversation so that you can get things started on the right foot. I'll share techniques to help you get clear and communicate clearly for better results. We'll also talk about ways to keep the problem-solving conversation going, even if you start running into resistance, so that you can get to resolution. That's all we have time for today. I hope to see you inside the course and get the opportunity to get to know you. Have a great day, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.